0: Sounding Board, the monthly podcast for new and classic music discussions since 2016. Follow the team on Twitter and Facebook at Sounding Board 69.
1: Hello and welcome to Sounding Board. I'm Rob Langham and today we're presenting the fifth of our interview podcasts, following on from number four with Matthew Worley, author of the book No Future, back in May 2018. Now I'm delighted to welcome Graham Hobbs and Jonathan Roscoe to the pod to talk about the magazine they edit, Shire Folk one of the leading publications in the UK for the coverage and promotion of folk music for over 40 years. The results are, I hope you agree, very interesting, and our conversations often stretch the boundaries of the definition of folk music beyond where you might think they begin and end. Enjoy. So, glad to have you with us. The magazine is in its 157th issue. How did it start, and have you been with it from the beginning? No, the
0: actual magazine's been going for 40 years. It started in the Banbury area, covering round about the Oxford area, and was produced by a chap called John Eastman, who was helped by a lady called Susan Rose. We got involved in it about 12 years ago when the old editor, Alan Creamer, had an editorial in the magazine and asked for reviewers. So we started writing reviews for the magazine. And then five years ago, another editor, he he said the magazine was going to disappear. And we decided to, sometimes foolishly, I think, to take it over.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the, the things that occurred, we'd been talking for probably about 12 months before that about, you know, what, what could we do to improve it? What would be better? What would, you know, what might, what might we do if we were the editors of it? That sort of conversation. So clearly when, when it came up, we thought we've got to put our money where our mouth is, yeah. really. And just say, well, okay, we've talked about this. Shall we give it a go? I guess it might have been a bit of us thinking, well, actually, perhaps somebody else will fancy doing it. You know what I mean? Take the pressure off us, and we'll just carry on reviewing, which we like to do. Yeah. But nobody did, and no. so we did, and we grasped it, you know,
1: the nettle yeah. with both hands, really.
0: There's been about eight sets of editors in that forty years, so mm. uh, some have done a few issues, some have done a few years. I tried to trace it back, but mm. uh, got sort of lost in places. But
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a little supplementary question to follow up on that: Was there any particular musical direction you wanted to take it in that maybe the previous editor hadn't done?
0: Right, think we just needed to cover more stuff, really, yeah. because he probably wasn't as proactive as we are at getting material in. So, basically, uh, only covered what he was actually sent, whereas we tried to go out there and cover more material and ask people to send.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think... I mean, now we're in the position of not having to chase material, you, you know, albums or whatever, for review. In fact, quite the contrary. We have too much, more than we can, more than we can handle. But initially, I mean, when we took over, there might be typically... 10 albums per issue to review that have come in and they'd be some of them are self-released stuff some of the you know local um, folk performers who've released their own ep or their own album and we still get all of those and that that's really good but typically now we've got upwards of 90 albums per issue up for review of which we can interview well we can review rather uh, 35 to 40 depending on the length of the issue yeah. So we're now oversubscribed in terms of that, and it allows us to sort of curate the content a little bit more, really, I guess you'd say. But, so victims of our own success there, but that was one of the things that we really did want to do. That, and we wanted to avoid it being too parochial, yeah. I guess, as well, you know, we, we, are, we are Oxford-based. And Alan had a what would you call it, a home county sort of focus, and we've not gone down that route
1: yeah just to enlarge on that a bit you mentioned you're based in oxford which one might argue lies at the heart of the english folk music country but i mean how broad now is the geographical scope of the magazine would you say
0: well we cover artists from ireland scotland england wales france america yeah, yeah uh, right. so we cover a wide geographic base there adverts come from we have this year we've had the loom music festival advertised and whitby so it's national. So I always say we're sort of locally national and nationally local. Yeah, we seem absolutely. to cover a wider we cover lots of local artists, we interview lots of local artists, but we're not adverse to interviewing people like Kate Rusby or some of the top people. So mm. it, it's a it's an odd mix, isn't it? It is, I mean I think if you know, if we were too parochial the magazine would die, really, because we'd be
2: so limited as to what we could do. You know, we'll come on to undoubtedly later, We're an advertising-led publication, and so we need to basically take advertising from wherever and whoever is willing to advertise with us, uh, with a certain amount of you know, editorial you know, discretion involved in that, but nonetheless, and so you know, we, we will take, and we'll take music from wherever as long as it sort of broadly fits the scope of what, what we want. Mm. Which these days is basically, do we want to include it or not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In all honesty, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, we, we stopped really, try, you know, restricting ourselves from yeah. that point of view, and you get a lot of experimental stuff. I mean, you're talking about bringing, you know, things from outside of the UK, but we've been inundated with Scandinavian, Scandinavian stuff <laughs> over the last uh, couple of years, and their their stuff tends to be on the on the more experimental side of of what you could loosely call folk music, and that's. It can be difficult to find reviewers for that, but that's something that we've you know, we found increasingly. So no, no, no restrictions at all, if we can avoid it, really, apart from our good taste.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which are the most important venues for folk music, both locally and nationally, would you say? Oh, well, there's a lot, lot of folk clubs around Oxford. I suppose the, the biggest one is
0: Nettlebed Folk Club, which happens virtually every Monday night. Monday night's a sort of strange night where lots of bands don't seem to be doing anything and Mike Sanderson, the chap there who runs it, uses that to his advantage and gets some really the top folk acts in the country to appear mm-hmm. there. But there's good stuff going on at the Hollywell music rooms, over at the Witchwood Folk Club, Oxford Folk Club, so there's a lot a lot going on. Yeah.
2: We've had sort of startups and things as well. So people like uh, Village Concerts over in Reading sort of area, aren't they? they, Well, they've been going for about I guess a couple of years, perhaps. But then Graham, who runs that, is 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 moving on, I think, and and so that that will come to an end. But no doubt something else will will pop up somewhere else to you know to cover it. And I think as well is that because folk has sort of expanded out of what it of its confines these days. You'll see folk friendly venues. So you'll get some of the old fire station or the cornerstone at Dickot or whatever will have folk acts on. You know, you'll even see you might see them folk related stuff, even at you know the Jericho, the Bullingdon or whatever, you know what I mean? So I think these days it's not stuck in folk clubs. And I think that's important and I think that shows where Folk music has gone to and churches these days, St John the Evangelist yeah. and so forth. It's the the, the a lot of stuff. Some some Barnabas, I think, as yeah. well in um, in
1: Jericho. You know, it's some wonderful venues. I've seen something at St John the Evangelist, and yeah. it's really blown away by yeah. it. It's fantastic. It is really good acoustics. And I guess that's what you get in churches. Yeah, the acoustics are really good. So, and of course, festivals must be key as well. Which are the most important ones? Would you say?
0: Oh, around here, obviously. Croperty, although yeah. don't think yeah. Jonathan have either have either been to Croperty. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we struggled to get an advert out of the. We struggled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Towersy, obviously, is of course. Big. Sidmouth, which we've uh, we've been to. Beverley Folk Festival, I went to last year. Mm. Swanage mm. Folk Fem- Weekend, Oxford. Folk of Weekend, Oxford. Yeah. 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 There's just so many festivals. Yeah. There's hundreds and hundreds of them. Possibly too many. Yeah. Possibly yeah. too many. Some of them I noticed. Been, yeah. Uh, we've had about 30 advertised with us last year it's there are too many and i i think they are struggling to get yeah numbers up yeah i mean you know i know folk
2: by the oak which is a one-day event in in july and over in hatfield house in Hertfordshire. they that's as a one-day festival that's that is fantastic and that does really well and they're big supporters of ours and we're very supportive of them and i think that's a that's a really good um one day if you're looking for that that one day festival experience, rather than going right, okay, Cambridge for four days, you know, It's obviously Cambridge Folk Festival being the biggest of the of the folk festivals. I don't, you, did you go back in the day to Cambridge Folk Festival? I
0: have a of, no. no, I mean I've It'd been, be a bit but of
2: you. I am not. I, I can't do the whole camping thing, so I only do. I'll no. go and I'll, you know, I'll go and I'll do two days and maximum, or probably just one yeah. day. You
0: know? Yeah, I, I must admit we. Uh, we do like town-based sort of festivals, can stay in a reasonable hotel. Me I mean. too. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, quite rightly,
2: that applies to any festival, whether it's folk or otherwise. I don't, I don't do, um, <laughs> at all. So.
1: And what about the wider folk music ecosystem, such as dance clubs and dare I say, it, Morris dancing <laughs> and that kind of thing? Well, if you
2: saw us dance, you'd know that we have very, very little uh, ability in that area. Or, and yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, as Craig was saying, the previous editor was Alan creammer and he was heavily into even he would think he was a bad man for his local morris side and and that meant that was a really keen focus for him it's one that we've not we've attempted periodically to try and sort of keep going but it's difficult and of course for a, a magazine that's led by revenue coming from advertising and so forth there's no money really? in it and that's quite difficult from our point of view mm-hmm. if you're going to try and sort of monetize it we don't make a profit but we need to at least cover our costs, and, and we don't have the contacts. I mean, Alan had the contacts as well in that area, and we don't have the contacts, but, you know.
0: Yeah, we've tried to get one or two people to write Morris. I've approached five different people, and mm-hmm, we've had some promises, but nothing's ever come out of it. There used to be a Morris diary section in the middle where Morris teams could pay a few pounds, and we put them in, but I tried, wrote around to loads of local Morris teams, and as Jonathan said, there was no money coming from, there's not much money in Morris, where there is, there relatively small amounts of money, but there is money for festivals to advertise, so that's the route we've gone there. It's not
1: that we've got anything actually against Morris as such, but we've gone down a different route. I mean, on that point, it might be nice to tell the audience a little bit about the economics of running the magazine in terms of subscriptions, bearing in mind the magazine's available for free in certain outlets, advertising, which you've mentioned has been very important, Jonathan, and, and the frequency of publication as well. Yeah, well, the, mag- the magazine's published six times a year. We've got
0: 32 to 48 pages. We print about 2,000 copies. They're distributed to about 40 different locations around Oxford. It's funny that they go out to sort of the Whitney area, Banbury, Milton Keynes, Reading, Newbury, so... It's not as actually a circle around Oxford. It's more of an oblong. Yeah. Uh, and we've got about 30 people now paying £12 to actually have it sent to them. And some of those are in Glasgow, Norwich, Wales, Gloucester, I think. We've well, yes, yeah. we got, we got quite yeah. a few around there. Yet, our money, all the money we get comes from advertising. We've got no other source of money. We've got no sponsors. We have tribes and breweries and various things. So... think it's difficult to get people to sponsor a magazine it's easier to get them to sponsor a music venue or music they see that as some sort of art Mm. but we've struggled to get sort of sponsorship so that's where our money comes from of the six issues three issues do quite well they're the ones with the festival ads in them they tend to be the summer ones and the other three issues just about scrape by and that's really because we're supported by the wonderful folk venues who advertise with us all the time so so yeah, we don't make a huge profit, but we then we try not to make a loss either. We take our expenses out of it, but yeah, we do it for the love of the music, certainly, certainly <laughs> not for the love of money. Yeah, yeah,
2: we're not going to retire on the profits. No. Well, you retired
0: already. <laughs> <laughs> no, we retire on profits. <laughs> the profits <are> shy of
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we do literally just cover the cost. But I mean, if it wasn't for the advertising, it it, it wouldn't exist. I mean, mm. the, we. The the subscribers are a sort of like an attempt to find a different revenue stream, really. And it, yep. and, it, and if we could expand that, that would be great. And there seems to be a will to it. it gr- it's growing sort of a little bit all the time, particularly when people come to a festival, particularly, say, Folk Weekend. They've come from quite a distance. They pick it up and think, this is really good. How can I get it all the time because I don't live around here? And it only costs twelve pounds to, to have it posted to them, you know. Yeah. And it goes; it's posted out on the day that it's published, and they'll get it sort of next day. That sort of thing. Mm. So, that, I think that that sort of is a nice thing to do, if you know. And then helps with sort of circulation. But but it,
0: it, I think it also proves that we are national. Mm. I mean, it's not people are reading it with great interest in Scotland, so there must be something in it. that's just that's not about Oxford. Yeah.
1: Mm. So. I mean I do that with Loud and Quiet magazine I pay a subscription of £20 even though it's free pretty mm. much everywhere in Oxford because they just like getting it every month yeah, into, yeah. My, into my and also I do like what they do and think I want to support them to a degree yeah. as well yeah. So. Yeah. I think it
2: also reflects the way that the, the magazine has changed in the five years or so that we've been editing it in that it went from something that people, you know, picked up, leafed through, they read a bit of it and then, and then perhaps put it back down again. Whereas now it's, oh, they read it and then they take it with them. And I think that's led to these subscriptions and so forth because they, they take it away and then they think, when they, you know, how do I get this again? and you Yeah. Know, you know, so, oh. And, I mean, you
1: mentioned it's primarily a labour of love, but I have to say, if anybody hasn't seen it amongst the listenership, it is beautifully produced. You have a background in academic journal publishing, has this experience been useful in making ends meet and all the way that the, the, the uh, publication is put together? Yeah, I think
0: it has. And it's not just Jonathan and I who have the uh, background in academic publishing. My wife, Alison, who actually puts the issue together and from, from my design, she worked at uh, Oxford University Press in the past. We are greatly helped by Peter Tucker, who does the design and does the covers from time to time. So there are four of us working uh, on the magazine, really, mm. and between us, we've got hundred and fifty years of publishing experience, and that obviously helps because we know the pitfalls, we know dealing with printers, and, yeah. uh, and I think we know, we know that we do know the economics of it, we know
2: how to to where, where to cut corners, what we need to to do. In a way that you wouldn't if you come to this without with no experience of how to put a magazine or a publication together, and, and I think we're also much more stringent over the economics of it in terms of the fact that you know we have a grip on the finances, we know how much we spend, we know what you can, we know what margins we're making, we know where we're making loss or a loss or or a small profit or whatever. Having said all of that, the the, the first one, nothing. Prepared us for the shock, of, have been basically given a box full of stuff and basically, right, and the, this issue should be out in about a month's time. Well, it takes us two months. I mean, it's, it's the painting the Fourth Road Bridge thing. You'd say. As soon as one is finished, we start on the next mm-hmm. issue, you know. And in fact, we're planning issues ahead in terms of interviews and all of those sort of things. So we're stacked up, so we know right the way through into next year now. But nothing prepared us for that when we sort of from a standing start from four weeks, we had to get this thing out of the yeah. door. Having not put together that particular publication, and that was a bit. I remember to the my. System. I remember
0: my wife Alison shouting at me from the other room. I did not sign up for this, and she, she still says it. didn't. she still says it. But uh, <laughs> we all get some some pleasure out of it when it comes
2: well, out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, and I think. It's great to be, we, we talk to, you know, to, to be more involved in the folk scene and meeting with the people, and it's great. Now, you know, we'll turn up at a venue and the performers know who we are, and it makes it that much easier to have conversations with them and, you know, sort of say, you know, fancy being interviewed to the next issue, and they're always really keen to do it and all of those sort of things, you know. So even if, as they always do, PR companies swap, and or they change PR companies all the time, but the... But, our relationships now extend out to the performance themselves, and that makes it slightly easier to circumvent some of the PR changes and things.
1: Great, after this break, we're going to be looking a little bit more at some of the music you cover amongst other topics. Hello again, everyone. You play an eclectic furrow with the music you cover. And how do the various genres rival and complement one another, Jonathan? I mean, how influential, for instance, is Americana in the way folk music has developed in England in recent decades? Yeah, I mean, I think Americana's been a huge influence, and country
2: music, and I think even more so than that as well is the likes of Electronica now, so you've got bands like Tongue and people like that, of that have, <laughs> have, have really sort of brought a mixed folk with Electronica. And one of my favourite new albums that have come out quite recently is by... Um, well, they're, they're new in a sense, but they're called Northern Flyway, and they mix... They're actually two quite you know, well-known performers, uh, Inga Thompson and Jen Sturgeon, but they've mixed field recordings, sound recordings, electronica in with what you might think of as folk music. So there's that side of things as well. But you can see Americana in the likes of, well, a Jess Morgan, who, a um, sort of Norfolk-based singer-songwriter, and she's moved from a more folk style to much more Americana, and she's wonderful. Seth Lakeman had an album out with Wildwood King. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? So he's, he's definitely taken those stylings in. So you can definitely see... Emily it. Barker? Emily Barker, absolutely. Really good example, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's moved from a very much a folk background through to full-on sort of country soul these days. Mm-hmm. And we, we not only... I mean, I guess we reflect that to some extent in the magazine, but also it reflects our taste well in the case of americana and country stuff my personal taste which is where mine lies i like some folk music clearly but i really like the sort of americana and folk and uh, uh, and again around here around oxford empty room promotions put on some marvelous americana stuff and that that's great from my point of view i mean i guess your taste would be more traditional
0: but i do like americana but but no i suppose i Tend towards the more traditional sort of music. I do seem to be now the Scottish reviewer. <laughs> I seem to have done every <laughs> Scottish album um, that we've ever had. Which, bearing in mind, you've got,
2: you have some more of those. Oh, kind of, you know. good. Although um, on the other hand, is that I have picked up one by a young singer
0: called Hannah Rarity. I think she's called, and that's that's really good. So, you know. yeah. So it, I think it's true that I, we, uh, and Alison and my wife and I both like sort Of folk music, and we it was how I started. I found Shire Folk was by going to the Nettlebed Folk Club in the early 90s, and that's where we first sort of picked. Yeah, them.
2: I mean, I suppose my entry to folk would be something like the Pogues, really. I think because
0: you know, much more than sort of
2: straightforward traditional yeah. is, is that was that side of things, and then going off in those, in those sort of directions. I mean, I don't have any. Uh, history or background in, in folk music at, at all, really. But you know, and, and we try and introduce some other bits and pieces in there. We have the sort of uh, have a strand, the occasional strand called albums that folk, well, albums that are not folk music, but pe- the ones that sort of people should like or that that's so should that's listen, to listen to, listen to. But so that's covered, sort of neoclassical stuff as much as I don't know, Dream Wife's
1: album, of course, like yeah. That. So, you know,
2: so we think, well, you know, let's give this a go. People ought to have a listen to. It. Widen their sort of you know
1: tastes. And, and you've been good at. I mean, I write for Nightshift Magazine. Here mm. we've had Ronan on the show before, and there's quite a lot of bands in Oxford who kind of maybe straddle the absolutely. rock yeah. and the folk thing. So yeah. people like August List and yeah, yeah, uh, Vienna Ditto yeah. and uh, Little, Little Red. Little, Little I Red. I just reviewed, um, the just just reviewed Very them. Very good, good album edition. as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah. No, I mean um, August List. We've reviewed both of those. We've had interviews with, yeah. with both of them each time as well. No. Yeah, they are. Fun Face a Little Red, absolutely. And uh, I mean, we've even had Family Machine, Flights of Helios, and yeah, people like that yeah. involved as well. So, yeah. you know. And Jess Hall, um, when her album was, yeah. uh, um, was very sort of folk orientated, I don't yeah. think she
1: necessarily lives in the area anymore. No, she's lived away. Yeah. yeah, but no, that's great to see. And, and with your reviews, I mean, I know Night Shift is renowned, perhaps a little bit unfairly. <laughs> Because it's actually mainly the demo dumper that's it. hugely critical. The but toilet trailer. Trailer. <laughs> yeah. The first I mean, bit that anybody turns to in the magazine. But it is, in terms of editorial integrity, quite important, I think, to be honest to a degree, isn't it? I mean, what is your general sort of stance on that well I, I think of first of all it, it's so much easier to write a
0: positive review than a negative review mm. if i'm writing a negative review i have to listen to the album over and over and over again so if i'm going to say something negative i can back it up with true facts mm. that mm. Some so, you down the path yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah so it is but no i think we're we're fairly honest about what we do i I don't think I've had anybody come back to me with a review. I so certainly on some of the editorials I've written, I've had yeah. feedback. I don't know if you have, Jonathan. About your no, reviews? I mean, I remember one on Twitter um, somebody
2: picked up a, a review I did, and, and actually it was a really positive review. But in the review, I'd sort of been negative about somebody else, and they'd picked that, picked that up saying, so "What? Why in a positive review did you have to criticise this other person?" That well, you know. That's the way it goes, really. It's my opinion, mm. and you know, I mean, as I neither of us exercise any editorial uh, censorship, no. No. unless it's wrong or offensive. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So if it's wrong, I mean, if, and we've had that before. You know, somebody saying something that is factually incorrect, and we will change that. Um, and, it, and clearly, we 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 watch out for racism, sexism, misogyny, yeah. any so all of those sort of things. So, we, so that's the only time that we would. I wouldn't use the word censor, but I, that's any time we sort of change you know, would would be careful. About that. But I, having said all of that, I can't actually think of any time that we've had to particularly do that. We may have changed the odd word here and yeah. there where we think actually a better word could be used from that point of view, you know. But yeah. uh, and, and the reviewers that we have, most of them have been reviewing. F- for the magazine for longer than we've been involved with it, or certainly as long as. So we've got some really experienced reviews. We have some new ones, and that's great as well. We have some really experienced ones, and they they know how to to write a good review. So it's a critical... It's positive
1: criticism. It's not yeah. just knocking it for the sake of it. Yeah, and of course you're you part know. of an ecosystem that you want to see flourish. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I really think running a magazine is part of that, isn't it? So, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I,
2: it's quite difficult sometimes to, to avoid the uh, you know the cheap gag that you know you could get uh, you know, at the expense of this thing. You know, And, and I know I have done it in the, in the past. You know, I think this is this is too good. Yeah. An opportunity to miss. It's an open gold. and I'm going to stick it away. <laughs> yeah. so, um, and... And you do that, and you think, well, that's fair enough, because that's just, you know... I mean, we, we don't go to quite the extent of, of uh, Night Shift, although sometimes I really wish I, I could. Perhaps we need to do anonymous um,
1: reviewing. You know, yeah. yeah, there's could a few pseudonyms in Night yeah. Shift. And yeah. I was just wondering also yeah. about the... Daylight. Get, so. Well, yes, mm-hmm. that's right, mm-hmm. but getting to getting to gigs and I mean how many you tended to get to and is it a bit of an effort sometimes it is know? a bit of an effort we,
0: yeah. we and we found from f- that some of the feedback we've had that people like gig reviews yeah. Yeah. and certainly when we post them on Twitter they get much more hits uh, and retweets and that, and, um, that stuff. so we do some ourselves we've got one or two people now who are starting to do them yeah. for us rather like on, on night shift which is, is good we try to get away from the agents actually reviewing things and uh, are reviewing and gigs because that you just it's just too positive they're always asking can I write you a yeah. review of our, my and we say no no to that but there are only two of us at the end of the day so we get to so we do, we go
2: to a lot of gigs I mean and I know that between now and the end of the year mine are coming in clusters but I go and, well we both do go and see stuff that isn't necessarily folk yeah. and that we wouldn't necessarily review for the magazine so for argument's sake I'm off to see the likes of Courtney Barnett and uh, mm. um, Echo and the Bunny Man and people like this they're not going to be reviewed in Well, you know yeah. Yeah. Bar- you Courtney Barnett it, I, yeah. I might mm. do it's, mm-hmm. it's possible but um, especially I think Waxahachie might be on yes, yes, with yes. And that, so that yeah. my, so I might do that yeah. but that is me paying for a ticket and going along yeah. to it because yeah. that's the music I like yeah but we, we do have a lot coming up. and We, we do
0: get asked, invited to a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. Although, I mean, I could literally be at a gig nearly every night somewhere. Mm. A lot of them come, the,
2: come to our album launch of the Slaughtered Lamb in London yeah. tomorrow night. It's yeah. like, well, no, because i have a life and a job and things like this. Yes. So I can't just drop everything and come mm. along to this. Although sometimes it works out. You went to see... Uh, what's, what's his, the Adam Hollins from the, the Embers. And you went to the Palladium
0: to... and see, see...
2: What's his name?
0: Glen Hansard. Glen Hansard, Hansa. yeah, that was wonderful. It was one of the best gigs I went to mm. a couple of years ago.
2: Great. So, you know, so that, that does come out of the blue like that. Which is
1: yeah. Nice. And are there any other folk magazines or publications you'd recommend for other parts of the country or nearby, neighbouring counties?
0: Well, I think Jonathan's already mentioned Unicorn, which is our, at one time was our sort of sister publication, mm. which covers Berkshire, Buckingham, and Hertfordshire. But I'm not sure whether that's just online only.
2: No? I think it might be yeah. online only. I mean, I th- there are small. Similar magazines to us. I mean, and I know um, the, what's the guy in London that seems to be putting lots of listings magazines together. But a lot of them have gone online only now. I think we're a rarity to yeah. still be a print magazine, and we've got no right now, no intention of of changing that because that's what people seem to like. But I mean, so otherwise, you just it's not really local magazines. It's the, it's the big national ones, it's you
0: know, fruits Fruits. and uh, song lines and you know yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, And there's a good online one, uh I think it's called Fatia. I don't know. That's right. Fatia magazine. And they are sort of we bump into them at festivals and we have a chat and we don't seem to compete with each other. And they've got a thirtieth anniversary birthday bash down in Bournemouth in in November. So So I I read that from time to time. Yeah. I try not to read it too often because if I'm doing a review, I don't like to read a review until I've written mine. Yeah. So I don't. I just feel I don't want to be influenced by what Yeah. Um, That's true, actually, because I subscribe to One Cut and Mojo
2: magazines, and, and they rec- they covered you know, folk music. Yeah. Mm. And I and I must admit if I see they've record, they've reviewed something that I'm going to review, I try not to review it until so read it to afterwards. Yeah. And then yeah. and then mm. after I've reviewed it, just to be on the safe side because otherwise it's going to skew so you the you. you end up using phrases they've used or whatever.
1: Mm. I mean aside from the writing, have you got musical careers of your own in the past uh, or uh, ongoing? <laughs> no. Uh, uh <laughs> Uh,
0: my wife often sits alongside Jonathan and I at show uh, festivals, and if we start singing, she calls us the men who shouldn't sing. Um, <laughs> she's right about and She's absolutely right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I gave up recorder at the age of six, I think, and uh, no, I, I, I don't play any musical instrument. I mean, I've, either
2: many half-hearted attempts to play the guitar i've always found myself clearly as a as a rock god and uh, now seeing jim moraine for false lights with his foot upon the monitor thinking well actually we could do this rock you know folk rock in proper rock music but i'm rubbish i mean i, I just can't <laughs> my son plays the guitar and, you, and I, I go into his bedroom and i see the sort of stacks of guitars he's got really you know nice a couple of nice fenders a Gretsch, and stuff like this like, pick them up and have a play and then I was like really there's a reason I write about it. you know those that can, the, the can do those that can't teach although well, those that can't play a musical instrument write about it. it and I think
1: that's what it I think podcasters me. are probably right at the bottom yeah. of the <laughs> system but uh, um, so importantly and I think the listeners would like to know this what are some of the best up and coming folk acts and artists to look out for at the moment oh well I some of the people
0: I've enjoyed in the last year have been uh, Kim Lowings. Kim Lowings and the Greenwood. I've seen her a few times and she's very talented. Sam Kelly and the Lost Boys. Mm. That's just the sort of music I like. I, I suppose I got into folk music through like Fairport Convention, Steel whereas Fiddle in amongst mm. rock, because right. I really did like rock. But it was Fiddle-driven rock that sort of led me into. So they are very good and... Uh, the trio Moss moore Rutter, uh, who is just instrumental, but they they won the Young Folk Awards, back mm-hmm. two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. and are now they were good then and they're just amazing now. So those are the three bands that I I think I'd put forward. And, be-
2: and because of the way folk music works, and everybody sort of plays in each other's bands and all the rest, and Moss Rutter, I mean Jack Rutter is great on his own, yeah. so it, it, as a solo performer. Um, but the other two are both part of False Lights, and False Lights are one of the you can't call them new because all of them are incredibly experienced in it. It's Jim Morris, Sam Carter. But they're only on their second album. And they're, they do, it is, you know, amp up to 211, foot on the monitor, you know, stuff. It's really, really good. I suppose the one, I, I like, I suppose all the music that I like are ones that don't, so that in terms of folk, do something different with it. So I like, you know, as I said about Northern Flyway and their, their electronic, their sticking the wheel of the ones for me most recently I think that, that I that I really like, who bring uh they're what well, they're on their second album, they bring a sort of punk yeah. sensibility yeah. to They don't sound like a punk band, but they you know I've 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 sort of said they sound like, you know, Sleaford mods playing folk yeah. music and I I really, really like that. I mean, yeah. You know, and then it then for me then goes into sort of uh, the the country and uh, uh and Americana mm. stuff really. I've then called Marie mm. Andrews, people like that I guess that I've Come to a one that that um, actually a local PR um, Seb he he from Pinfold he put me a uh, uh, pin drop actually I think pin it drop of pin drop, yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Seb put me in the way of uh, of a band called Feyland, and I think they're Bristol mm. duo out of mm. Bristol and their album I really really liked mm. so you know again a lot of young Scottish performers actually Iona um, Fife is yeah. it that that the, her album was particularly yeah, so. good.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good young sort of female singers coming up. Kitty yeah, McFarlane, McFarlane yeah, uh, Harry Endersby, Hattie Briggs, yeah. All brilliant, voices But I think w-
2: what we we always say, you know, um, yeah, folk is a broad church, you know. Very much and, so, yeah. And I think that, you know, although we also say that it might be a broad church, but sometimes the pews are a bit uncomfortable, you know. It's, right. uh, so you get getting mash stuff together and it sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. And, yeah. You know, um, but that's when it's interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Graham, you've you've touched on this a little bit, but just in terms of your all-time favourite musical artists, whether folk or not, are the people you mentioned earlier on, like Fairport and and Steely, those those those, those from the past, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: those are people I watch. I suppose in the folk area, the people if who if they produce an album, I would buy it. Would be Richard Thompson, right? I buy everything by him. The Oyster Band, again, this is that folk rock, mm. fiddle driven rock that I really mm. like. Show of Hands who Jonathan might not be quite so keen on. I quite like them because I think they, they do something different in it, but in a sort of odd sort of way that they try and do different live acts and slow some songs down and speed them up. So they're always trying to improve. And Lau, uh, yes, yeah. who are, are just yeah. a brilliant yeah. And True.
2: that's where we definitely, you know... That's where, where, we, where we really... Because we come from different sort of sides on, on this yeah. one, but Lau is where we definitely meet. I mean, you know, prog folk, I guess. It's sort yeah. of... It is just... I mean, I, we both love them. They are, I think, without that, one of the best live acts around at the moment, I think, as well. But my, my favourite stuff is is not really folk, although there's elements of folk. And so again, my, my all-time hero is Elvis Costello, I guess. Yes. Um, and I followed up very closely by sort of Tom Waits, that sort of side of things um, given where I come from you can, I can't avoid the Beatles because it sort of comes with the the territory of being from that area you know so that sort of stuff and but right now I guess it's all it's all of those Australian artists all the Courtney Barnett, Jane Clower uh, people like ja- um what do you call them Emma Rusak, Stella Doherty people like this right. who have all they've got that folk element but they're closer to Laura Veirs or something yes, like that yeah. that side of things you know. Um, or Tanya Donnelly you know belly and all that it's got an element of that going on with it as well that's the stuff that I really like have liked for for decades and those are sort of the likes of belly and breeders and stuff like that and this sort of fits in with that as well yeah me too not very folky I'm afraid but that's that's no but I think there's
1: I mean it's all interconnected I think and I mean I would probably come from that tradition as well but this has been quite illuminating for me today because it's made me think oh, maybe I need to go and explore some some sort of, some of the, folk music, you know, beyond <laughs> what what you know already like, which probably falls more into the category of, mm. of what you're talking about, Jonathan. Anyway, fellas, I'm going to leave it at there. I just want you to um, get a chance to say sort of how to get hold of the magazine or also like the social media presence, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah well, obviously, if you go on our website, you, you'll go just put Shire Folk in Google and it comes up. Uh, you can see on their where to get the magazine from. It gives the diary dates on there, interviews we've done. So there's part, although we say we're not online, parts of the, no, the magazine, magazine yeah. are online, and we put them on as soon as it's published or even before it's published. Yeah, we're on Twitter. Followers on Twitter, yeah, at, at Fol- Folkshire. At Folkshire. Yeah. We've, today we've now got 2,140 followers, yeah. which is quite... Good, I think healthy, yeah, definitely, it's definitely yeah. healthy. Yeah. And we try to tweet about what's going on locally. And if anybody advertises in our magazine, we will tweet you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we tweet about any, all the uh, put the adverts up there, tweet about it. And I think that's people seem to. Yeah, I think they appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. 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 We we we've no, it's no polemic. It's all just
2: you know we try not to mention Brexit. You know, it's, no. a, it's all just what's in the magazine and yeah. what's going on in focus. Yeah,
0: and we and don't pass comment. No, we don't no. get into Unless our we idea. really like something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: <think>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, and physically, I've seen the magazine in various places around Oxford, including Blackwell's Music Shop and Truck Records. Truck Records, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Central Library in Oxford. Yeah. Yeah. I said,
0: if you go onto our website, there's a list of 40 different places you can pick yeah. up the magazine. But, as I said, you can also buy it from us for £12 for <laughs> the
1: next six issues yeah. delivered to your door. Uh, literally the day it's published well worth the convenience i would say yeah, yeah. jonathan graham thanks very much it's been a pleasure talking to you cheers, Rob. and uh hopefully get you back on the pod at sometime sounds, sounds good so good. good cheers well i hope you agree with me that that was a fascinating discussion indeed with graham and jonathan the latter whom, I might add, can be distinguished in that he displays a Merseyside lilt to his voice. We'll be back soon with more interviews, plus episode 33 of the pod. That will drop in September. While well, you can follow us on Twitter at Soundingboard69. And follow Shire Folk at at Folk Thank you again for listening. We'll be back soon.
0: and interact with the team at, at soundingboard69 on Twitter and Facebook.